But does the Speaker have the power to prescribe a secret ballot as the voting procedure in a motion of no confidence in the President? Put differently, do the Constitution and, and the rules of the National Assembly require, permit, or prohibit that voting in a motion of no confidence in the President be by secret ballot? Section 102.2 provides that the National Assembly has the power to pass a motion of no confidence by a vote. No section or rule supports the contention that a secret ballot is required or provides expressly for any voting procedure in a motion of no confidence. But several important observations emerge from sections of the Constitution that provides for voting. The procedure to be followed for the election of the president and several constitutional office bearers, even at a provincial level, has been specifically provided for. It is voting by secret ballot, and whoever secures a majority of votes is to be declared elected. As regards the removal from office either through an impeachment or a motion of no confidence, the constitution is silent on the procedure. The Constitution could have provided for a vote by secret ballot or an open ballot. It did neither. Why did the Constitution not prescribe the voting procedure in a motion of no confidence? Absent an express constitutional choice, the National Assembly is at large to exercise its Section 57-1 powers to decide on the appropriate procedure in terms of which to vote on the motion. And the choice lies between an open ballot or a secret ballot. The National Assembly, therefore, has the power to determine whether voting on a motion of no confidence would be by open ballot or secret ballot informed by what would best advance our constitutional vision or project. Both possibilities of an open or secret ballot are constitutionally permissible. Otherwise, if members always had to vote openly and in obedience to enforceable party instructions, provision would not have been made for a secret ballot when the president, speaker, chairperson of the National Council of Provinces and their deputies are elected. And the Constitution would not, I beg your pardon, and the Constitution would have made it clear that voting would always be by open ballot. If the will of political parties were always to prevail, the Constitution would probably have required of political parties to determine which way they want to vote on issues and through their chief whips signify support or opposition by submitting the list of members who would be present when the voting takes place. But because it is individual members who really have to vote, Provisions are couched in the language that recognizes the possibility of majorities supporting the removal of the president and the speaker. Conceptually, those majorities could only be possible if members of the ruling party, of a ruling party, are also at liberty to vote in a way that does not always have to be predetermined by their parties. And this, of course, assumes that the ruling party would generally be disinclined to the removal of their own. And that a factor that is relevant to the Speaker's decision-making in relation to 
a democratically permissible voting procedure is that, open quotes, an individual member remains free to follow the dictates of personal conscience, close quote. Central to the freedom to allow to follow the dictates of personal conscience is the oath of office. Members are required to swear or affirm faithfulness to the Republic and obedience to the Constitution and laws. Nowhere does the Supreme Law provide for them to swear allegiance to their political parties, important players though they are in our constitutional scheme. Meaning, in the event of conflict between upholding constitutional values and party loyalty, their irrevocable undertaking to in effect serve the people and do only what is in, the best, in their best interest must prevail. This is so to enable the people to govern through them in terms of the Constitution. Also, that a party's unacceptable abandonment of his manifesto is likely to result in electoral defeat, a factor that is relevant to the Speaker's decision-making in relation to a democratically permissible voting procedure. When the risk that inheres in voting in defiance of the instructions of one party, one's party is evaluated, it must, it must be counterbalanced with the apparent difficulty of being removed from the assembly. The threats which have been issued by Zuma and others, where they threaten the ANC MPs, falls flat now. Those MPs are free to vote and follow their conscience. So, lastly, I wish to say that the United Democratic Movement, as well as the opposition parties, we are going to continue to seize the initiative. Up until 2019, we have been in charge of seizing this initiative from the day Zuma was elected. We are still saying you cannot have a questionable character and vote that questionable character to the high office. And I hope this is a lesson for, for, for all South Africans to see.